0: 56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, Women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote, okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the confidence workshop. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On this show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Next Level Confident podcast. Today, I have with me powerhouse woman, Tanika Wyatt. She is a healthcare professional. Marriage and family pastor, equity, inclusion, and diversity advocate, a singer and a songwriter, and most importantly, she is a wife and a mother and a daughter of the king. Tanika, how the heck are you today? Hey, girl, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I am so excited for you to just drop wisdom on people. I know there are going to be so many gold nuggets from this. And so, Everyone who's listening right now, buckle up because you're in for an incredible podcast. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope so. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Um, You guys, if you want to connect with Tanika, you can do so on Instagram. Her Instagram is, well, I'm going to mess up how you say it, but it's Tiny Dub. Tiny Dub,
1: teeny Dub. I've heard a couple different things. Yeah,
0: Tiny Dub, Tiny Dub. It's spelled (laughs) T I N I and then Dub. D-U-B-B linked below. And so you guys can shoot her a message there. If anything from this podcast today resonates with you, if anything she says is like a mic drop or really helps you shoot her a message, connect with her. She would love to hear from you. And also if you want to check out her incredible music, you can head to her website at TanikaWyattMusic.com. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Also, last little thing I'll say before we dive into our questions here, if you have not yet left a five-star rating for the Next Level Confident podcast, we would love that. We meaning, I mean Tanika and I, but also like we meaning the Next Level Confident team. Let us know what you love about the podcast and also let us know what ideas you have for making it better. Okay, there we go. So, okay, a little backstory of how Tanika and I met. Tanika and I met through our church, Park Hill, here in San Diego, and I have to say, Tanika, I don't even know if you know this, I have been a huge fangirl of yours for years. (laughs) 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 I literally, like, I would see you singing up there on the praise and worship team, and your voice is just, like, you know, straight angelic voice, and you are, I mean, you're just such a badass, and, like, everything about you just exudes, badassery. And I was always like, dang, I (laughs) would be friends with that woman. (laughs) Um, Now we're friends, so it's pretty cool. And now you can know that I was a total fangirl over you from
1: oh man well that that's pretty amazing because I'm so glad that um uh, we've connected and that we're friends because y- you have already blessed me Janelle in ways that you don't know um in just this short period and so I know that you are a godsend and um yeah so I'm super excited about um just to not not just today but our future so yeah I'm, I'm
0: excited. come on yeah totally two two Enneagram eights here two powerful women just on fire for Christ and on fire for life. And so it's, it's, I'm really blessed to call you my friend, Tanika. And I'm really blessed to have you here today on this podcast because, um, yeah, when Frankie and I moved back to San Diego, for those of you listening that don't know, we got plugged into Tanika and her husband, Jason's community group, which is basically like a Bible study. And, um, it's just been, so incredible to be around you guys because you just love on people so well and your insight is incredible I mean you're just such wise inspiring individuals both you and Jason so Frankie and I are just really grateful for your for your mentorship and for your friendship
1: yeah our pleasure completely
0: (laughs) cool um so Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, I would love to have you share with everyone what are some of the things that have shaped you into becoming the woman that you are today, and then what are some of the failures or disappointments that you've learned from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you asked about failures and disappointments because I think most of the time people want to know all your high points, right? They want to know all the great things that you've done and how you shine so well, but really... um, (laughs) the things that have have meant the most or those things that have um, made such a huge mark on my life, it it hasn't been those spotlight days. Mm. Um, It has been those deep, dark days. It has been those those times that, um, you know, I doubted God and wondered what was going on. What am I doing? Am I worth, am I worthy? am I, who am I? It's just all of those things. And so I grew up in, um, in the church. Uh, I am a black woman proudly and I grew up in black church and, um, you know, Um, And and usually when I tell that story, people assume it's because my parents, maybe they were pastors or they were committed and dedicated to the church, but that's not the case. Um, I love my parents and I don't want to stain them when I talk about them, um, you know, or dishonor them in any way. Um, But I'm not sharing anything that they are not aware of and that we have not talked about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so my parents, although wonderful people, who are like everybody loves my parents, right? They they are great friends and great people, but they were not good at parenting. They were not good at marriage. Um, they married right out of high school. My mom was pregnant, and um, and they basically um, they kind of mirrored what they received, and they didn't have a lot to give me um, as parents. Um, their their marriage on paper was for eighteen years, but. Very quickly, they, um, they, they both just had extramarital relationships. My father lived outside the home with girlfriends uh, one after another. My mom had, um, in response to that, I think, um, tried to live her life. And she had multiple boyfriends and whatnot. And so um, I just felt very abandoned and neglected. And so my testimony is that God has been my father. And so when I say that I'm a daughter of the King, I cannot deny, I, to deny him would be almost denying my very name. Wow. Um, because he has been my father. He has used the church, different people to parent me, to bring me in, to, um, affirm my worth. And, um but not just people, not just physical embrace, but there have been moments where it has je- where I have physically been alone, but I have felt his presence. I have known that he, is, he has always been with me and, um, and he has been my father. Um, and so that has shaped me, um, being his girl, <laughs> uh, being his daughter and, and feeling so loved by him. And so at the same time, struggling with what um, I needed in the natural from my parents and feeling that abandonment, that neglect, um, and, and, and him meeting that need right away. And so there's been this, this, this conflict of, am I worthy? Yes, you are. But I'm abandoned. No, you're not. I feel mm. neglected. I will meet your needs. I will provide for you. And so even well into my adulthood, Um, That, that abandonment, that neglect would show up in ways of, um, I might go to the store with my husband and, um, and my husband is an amazing man, a wonderful husband. He has never given me any reason to doubt that he loves me or that he, that he would abandon me or neglect me. But um, when I go into the store with him, I'm checking Uh, My purse making sure I have cash. Do I have keys? Can I get if he leaves me? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Can I make it on my own? And so I have for many years been in survival mode Um, And making sure I can be okay if everybody walks out And so I remember one one moment spiraling emotionally um, and in my head grieving so many losses what if this, what if that? And so I felt the spirit of God actually engage me in that moment and say, okay, what if that happens? And then I would answer, well, then God, I would have to do this or that. Okay. And then what if the next thing, then okay. And, and, and every answer was, God, you're going to be here with me. And at the end of this, this discourse, it was just me and God and and he said so what's wrong with that mm. will you be okay if it's just me and you haven't i proven to you that i'm enough and ever since then janelle i'm like yeah <laughs> like absolutely and then i'm able to i'm able to freely be who i am love who i love love my my husband my family my community my people Um, and not put an expectation on them to meet needs that they can't anyway, Wow. to meet needs that are not designed for them. Even my husband, I have, you know, he exceeds my expectations because I don't expect him to make me happy. I don't expect him to, um, to, to, to make me worthy because I already am that. I'm already happy. Wow. I already have joy. Wow. A long answer.
0: Girl, that was incredible. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. Girl, stop apologizing. That was perfect and amazing. And I'm like, I already have like a lump in my throat and like tears in my eyes of just like so much passion, so much joy. And your story is such a story of redemption and, um, Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having two parents who, it sounds like you're saying they were married, but they were like living in different homes and having different boyfriends and girlfriends. Is that right? Mm -hmm.
1: That's true. And
0: and then that would be just so confusing because you're like, well, you're not divorced. You're still married, but you're.
1: It's always interesting when people ask me about my siblings because um, my dad has six kids uh, and I'm the oldest. um, And so my mom has three kids and between my brother that we have the same parents we have a half sister because my dad with his girlfriend and he was living with at the time had a daughter and so so my my parents would kind of come together throughout those 18 years you know and then they uh be apart they were apart most of the time um But, you know, they'd they'd have their moments where they'd come together and we would look like a family and then Mm. we wouldn't.
0: That must have been really confusing. Yeah. 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 And I know, I mean, so many women that I talk to and that I work with, you know, a lot of them have had divorced parents or or really, you know, come from marriages. Their parents' marriages are very rocky. Mm -hmm. And I know that that does... Um, you know, not, and I've even had these types of thoughts before. But I liked your analogy of like the grocery store of being like, okay, if I go to the grocery store and he, my husband, leaves me, can I make it on my own? You know, yeah. and I think a lot of us women, if we've experienced any type of abandonment, whether that be from father, or whether that be from even like boyfriends or a significant other or something along the way, right? You do start to have this self sufficiency where you're really afraid of whether you could you know, trust the person you're with fully. You know? and, and a lot of times what happens is women end up, as women especially, we end up controlling the situation because we're so, there's so much fear around like, will he leave me or will I, you know, will I be abandoned? So we try to control those that we love the most. And, and I know that, mm-hmm like i mean i speak for myself i've done that to frankie before trying to control him cuz i'm like oh no what if you know and yeah. and i can literally think of like the of two different clients right now that i've had conversations with just in the last few weeks that struggle with playing out these worst case scenarios mm-hmm. of what if my husband dies or what if yeah uh, what if he you know doesn't commit to me fully like just so many um, uncertainties and so i love everything you just said around being full and being happy and having your self-worth rooted in God alone. And I know there are people listening right now that aren't Christians. Um, Probably, I have no idea, but maybe a 50-50 here on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so um, for some of you, you may be hearing this and you're not agreeing necessarily, but you're, you're like, huh, this is interesting. Like this is an interesting conversation at least. And it's probably just sparking some curiosity or at least just you know, maybe just hearing something different than you're used to hearing. And then for some of you, you do understand what that feels like to feel God in your, in your darkest and, and loneliest moments. And I think everyone can say that they can, you know, unless you, I guess you're a full on atheist, which maybe you are, and I, res- and I respect you and you're welcome here 100% with open arms. Um, yeah. But it's like most of us, no matter what our faith denomination is, we have felt the feeling of a higher power Comforting us in in a in a dark moment or in a hard time.
1: Absolutely, you know, I of course I'm I'm a Christian. I'm, I believe and follow Jesus Christ, and so if anyone speaks to me, that is going to be my context. Um, you know, but for those who believe in anything, um, faith is powerful. It is strong, and. Um, you know, it has been, believing in something outside of ourselves has been a part of the human experience ever since there have been humans. And um, so I I think there's something to that. Um, You know, if you interview people from various backgrounds, different uh, faith and, and beliefs, most of the time, a lot of their resilience comes from that. Because if I look inside myself, um, m- people were created with limitations, right? And so oftentimes I need something outside of myself because I have limits and And to say, okay, what is bigger than me? Who is bigger than me? When I fail, who can I reach out to that is unfailing? Mm. It's not the person in the next room, the person in the bed lying next to me. He has limits also. Wow. Um, and so I don't, I don't need to go any further into that, but I think It, it is. there's something, um, there's something to that, that that most people have a belief and a faith outside of themselves. We just have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, I didn't even mean to really talk much about, like this much about relationships, but um, something that just keeps coming to mind is that when we look for that hope, in our significant other, which I think as women, we, we often do look to, you know, Mm -hmm. just because we love our significant other, or maybe we're single and we're looking for that person. And often we think that maybe this like longing inside of us might just disappear once we meet our significant Mm -hmm. other, or once we get married or whatever it is. Um, and the truth is, like you said, they can't fulfill you either. Yeah. They can't be your source of your full source of joy. Yeah.
1: Interestingly, my husband and I, we do premarital counseling. And, um, one of the things that we talk about that, that I think usually surprises the couple is loneliness because you have this expectation Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: loneliness is going away. I'm getting married. I'm marrying my best friend. Um, we'll always be together. Two are better than one. I mean, you know, um, all of those things. But loneliness is a reality, even in marriages, especially because you have this expectation that you won't be alone. You know, you will always have someone to talk to, always someone to have to go to the movies with, always someone to share your deepest longing and, and you know, your greatest joys. Um, but again, we all have limits. And so there are going to be times where, even though that person is physically right next to you, that they're not meeting your needs. And even though you're not alone, there are these times of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And what do you do?
0: Yeah, who do you turn to then? Yeah, yeah. That's good, that's so good. I love it. Hello. Just in case you were starting to hit your mid-podcast lull, we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here. I'm going to ask today's guest rapid fire questions, and then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off. Here we go. Okay, so this is the part where we go into our Power Hour rapid fire questions. Oh man, I'm, I'm scared. Dive right in. No, no, no. You got this. You got this. You're gonna do great. Okay, so number one, Tanika, what is the best advice you have ever received?
1: Oh, it's gonna. It has to be parenting advice, um, and it is to parent the child you were given, not the child you expected. You might have expected a football player, but instead he wears ballerina slippers so help him thrive and be fulfilled in who he actually is
0: not what you want him to be wow that's good you could apply that to so many areas of your life that's amazing so good okay what is your favorite beverage
1: orange juice i know that's dull
0: That's i love awesome. orange juice i feel like it's just cute i don't know you're like i just still sip of my orange juice like a, like a child yes <laughs> uh, and i mean that in the kindest of ways because i love the childlike <laughs> heart <laughs> okay i have a blank at my desk at all times oh man
1: a water bottle seriously yes I of water water
0: we are all about that water drinking life. Level. Yes. Yes. Okay. What is a strange or potentially bad habit that most people don't know that you have?
1: Dang. Uh, uh, huh. Well, thankfully my skin is intact. But if ever it is not and there is a scab, I am going to peel it away. <laughs> I am going to get after it. Yeah. Um, yes and <laughs> i don't know thank god i don't have leprosy because i don't know what would be happening
0: you would be just like uh, bloody all over from picking yeah up bloody messy mess <laughs> <laughs> what a visual what a visual <laughs> honestly tanika uh, you're gorgeous so i'm pretty sure you would still look good even if you had leprosy
1: <laughs> i appreciate that but you know
0: but <laughs> we'll, we'll still pray that you don't get it we'll pray you don't get it
1: right okay. What is
0: a book that you're reading or a podcast that you're listening to right now?
1: Ooh, so all the books that I've been reading have been for school, and so I've put a a, what is it? Moratorium? How do you say that? Anyway, on reading, no reading for these next few weeks. I do love the Crime Junkie podcast.
0: Ooh, I'm all about
1: true crimes. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll have to look into it. I have another client. Well, not another client, but I have a client who's super into murder podcasts and all in mystery podcasts and I haven't gotten into it. So I think, I think I should. Sounds like you're the second person to recommend it. It's really good. Really good. Okay. What is your favorite personality test, if any?
1: Oh, well, I have to say Enneagram, right? Duh. Is it a personality test? I feel like it's so much more than that, but i, I have to say Enneagram.
0: I know, I know. I basically only ask that question in order to talk more about the Enneagram. And then sometimes people are like, I don't know, I don't really have one or something. Like that. and I'm like, never mind. Right. Moving on. You don't get it. <laughs> but you you're like it's so much more is that even that's not just a person right test. I feel like
1: I'm doing it a disservice by calling it a personality test so
0: true it encompasses ah. everything we should do a whole other podcast on what it's like to be an enneagram eight woman in the world <laughs> Ooh, yeah
1: let's yeah. do it
0: Okay. L- later next year, everyone look out. There's going to be an Enneagram eight women in the work worlds or something like that. Yeah. It'll be great. I know some more too, some others oh. tribe. Like a panel of women on the podcast. Wait, that would be sick.
1: Right. Great. It might be difficult. Everybody has something to say.
0: That's true because we're all eight. So we'd all We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I'll be like, "Here's the order. You go first. You go." Right. Second. <laughs> right. We'll have to be told what to do. Okay. Tanika, will you ever move from where you currently live?
1: Probably. Um, I love San Diego though. Uh, But every time we travel, we're always like, you know, looking at it like, hmm, well, I wonder, I'm such a Californian. It's like, there is no place that is is as good. But I always think about it, you know, retirement, where's my money gonna go? You know, where's it gonna go? Where can I stretch my money? You know, I, I think about those things.
0: That's true. So that would be the only
1: reason I think that I would move. But, you know, I trust God in San Diego.
0: Yeah, totally. Same, same. Okay, what is your best moment as a businesswoman?
1: Ooh, I would say my best moment has been presenting to a panel of vice presidents and, um, and just getting really great feedback knowing that you know what as i mentioned before like i remember thinking oh these are these are the vps though like i've given this presentation before but these are the vps and then and then real that moment when i realized hey they're just like everybody else Mm. yeah and i know what i'm doing so let me just do it
0: amen yes so good so good Woo, that was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. Well, you know, something that that I had asked you in preparing for this podcast was what is a problem that, that breaks your heart that you wish you could solve? And I loved your answer. You said this may be an odd answer, but supremacy of any kind. So I'm curious, Tanika, what does that mean to you?
1: You know, um, I have, um, when I see people who are unkind, um, you know, just flat out mean or rude or or whatnot, uh, and, and when I look at all of the ills of the world, right, if we look at homelessness, hunger, wars, and, you know, it almost is like I'm saying, oh, I want world peace. But, but really, I'm just, for me, supremacy is what is at the heart of so many divisions and so many issues in human, in humankind, in humanity. Um, the fact that I can look at you, size you up and say I'm better than you.
0: Mm.
1: You know, the fact that um, I not even meeting a group of people can make judgments about them and say, those people over there are worthless. Those people over there are lazy. Those people over there don't deserve XYZ, whatever it is. And so any kind of supremacy, and I know that the world operates in hierarchies and social systems and class and all of those things, but it really is born to me, it's born out of a heart of I'm better than you. And that's so bothersome to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't say that I'm perfect in that area. I think we all struggle with it. I struggle with that. Um, you know, with saying, you know, I don't have time for this or that, you know, I, I don't, uh, even people in my life, you know, um, I may be offended by them or they may have done something. And so, um, or I don't like their life. I don't like their lifestyle. I don't like what they're doing, um, how they're living. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, my, my life's better than theirs. Mm, yeah. The way I do things is better than them, you know, the way, better than the way they do things. And so I'm not going to associate with them. They bring me down. They, um, you know, they're, they're not worth my time. And so I have to constantly check myself. And, and realize that I am no better than anyone else. Even when we help people, oftentimes we help them out of an arrogance that they need me. Mm. I need to teach them something. You know, when really, most of the time when you talk to anyone who has done mission work or, you know, they, they've gone to different places in, in an effort to help they realize the people that they're quote unquote teaching have taught them so much more. Right. have given them so much more. And I think we need to make a very, we need to be very um, thoughtful in the way we approach one another and see people as valuable. See them with this inherent value and worthiness, um, even beyond sometimes what they see in themselves. Yeah and understand that they have something to offer, that they have something to teach you, that they have something to give, and that just by nature of them breathing and living in this earth and being an image bearer of God, that they, that they are worthy, that they are valuable. And, and I'm no better than anyone else just because of the set of circumstances that I was born into. Um, even my intellect, uh, my earning power, those things were given to me. Wow. I didn't, you know, I, I, I did not, of course we, we do things, of course, we should be good stewards with what we were given, but even the ability to be a good steward with what I was given, that was given to me. And so I, I, I try very hard to, to make sure that's always clear in my head that I understand that, um, and so that I don't devalue another person or, or put myself above them because of what I think about them, what they look like, what I look like, you know, that type of supremacy. It's, um, it's the root of so many evils and, mm-hmm. um, and it breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. It's so good. Everything coming out of your mouth right now. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think about a time when I was working with homeless people in downtown San Diego at a, a, um, a company or I guess a nonprofit called PATH, People Assisting the Homeless. And I was teaching a mindset class there. And you're so right in the fact that we so often, even without meaning to in our day-to-day life, we kind of sum people up and we kind of decide, okay, they're either you know, better than me or they're kind of, they're below me, or, oh, okay, we're equals, you know, we kind of, it's like this constant game we're playing in our head, and um, I know we're definitely not alone, because I know that's where a lot of lacking confidence actually comes from, is playing that game, because the more you play that game of summing people up, and trying to figure out, oh, am I better than her, or is she better than me, am I prettier, or is she prettier, am I, is my body better, or is her body better, like, all that, what leads to insecurity. And that's what leads to so much unhappiness. But um, what I was going to say about about the um, teaching the homeless evil, it's like, you know, there are times when you, or I'll just say when I will walk by a homeless person that's sitting on the street and, you know, sometimes they're really nice. And other times, you know, they're they're screaming or they're saying inappropriate things. And it's so easy to just go to a place of of maybe judgment in that moment because you're just like, get your life together or like stop doing drugs. It's not that hard. Like, Mm -hmm. because I can tell you're like a meth addict, you know, and, and just realizing what you said to me was so good that we were given resources and, and, and brain power that that person wasn't born into or or something happened, right? Like they didn't just weren't born like that. Like we weren't born a meth addict or on the Mm -hmm. street. or maybe they were born into it, but even if they are born into it, that's, that was not their choosing, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's having that grace and that compassion and realizing, you know, they, that person does have something to offer the world and, and, uh, they just weren't blessed in some of the ways I was blessed. And so it's like, how can I bless that person? Yeah. Because they are an equal, you know, even the, even the homeless person who's, you know, screaming crazy things and on drugs. Are equals to every you know, to to those of us who are sitting here doing a podcast and sharing like <laughs> the world like right like no matter what we're all equals, mm-hmm. um, and you know one story that you shared actually in the sermon on Sunday that I loved was was so relatable for I think so many of us is. You were going to the grocery store and you were in a rush because you're in the middle of finals for for school and you had that, you know, the sermon that you were preparing for and you have, you know, your full-time career as a healthcare worker, all these things. So you just want to get in and out of the grocery store, right? And then you see someone that you know that you, you know, whatever, a nice person, whatever, but you don't have time because you know they're going to just dump all of their emotions or life on you. And you're like... (laughs) Oh, I want to avoid you, And you know you're sharing this 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 story, and I'm like, oh, I've done that so many times right? Where we're trying to avoid seeing someone, even if they're a great person, there's nothing wrong with them, they just you know it's going to take too much of your time. Yeah, um, And so I loved how you shared that story because even that is maybe you know another part of the, the, the story of like, okay, a homeless person, you know, they're worth our time, a person that you don't want to make time for because you're busy in that moment they're still worth our time they're still worth investing into um so yeah tell us a little bit more about that
1: yeah for sure um you know one thing that and, and i mentioned this on on sunday that um we have we have priorities right we absolutely have to prioritize our time we have to as i mentioned before be good stewards over what we've been given and so I, maybe I shouldn't have left my house and gone to the store, (laughs) but you know, but I knew that it was, I knew that it was a God thing. Um, because, um, I, I had to go to, um, I had to meet with some folks that evening, um, safely. I know we're in the COVID era era, but, um, I was contributing, um, a dessert. And so I really felt like baking a pie. In the midst of this busy Friday,
0: and you would, so, you would. That's such an aid of you. I've got a million <laughs> things to do, but I also want to bring full fresh baked pie, right. <laughs> right?
1: And so, I I was missing a few ingredients, and you know, this is my neighborhood grocery store. I know exactly where these items are. It's gonna literally be ten minutes, and um, and it won't be a big deal. So. But of course, as soon as I, those, those doors open, uh, as soon as I hit the door, I see somebody that, you know, lives in my neighborhood um, who is going to drain the life out of me right now, you know, <laughs> like, honestly. He's
0: so honest. I love it.
1: And I don't have it in me. I, like, I literally, I have my mask on, my hoodie on because I was going to, you know, um, disappear into the grocery store and and disappear out of this. I mean, I don't know. You're like was, holding a
0: pineapple over your face, yes, like, so she can't yes. see you. You're like, dee, 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 dee.
1: <laughs> and so you know, of course, she recognizes me right away. I'm like, dang, like maybe I should have put on sunglasses too. Like, what, <laughs> what should I have done? You know, and and I do love this person, but I I have limited capacity. For her, to be honest, and she's probably never going to listen to this podcast. So I think I'm good.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. But she loves you. You're listening. I love you, girl. I love you. You're
1: listening. I love you. But here's the thing, though. She knows I love her. Um, and 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 this is what God did. This is just reality. This is those were my thoughts at the time, and I didn't have time. I had things that were more important, and in my head, and so. But as she started sharing, um, and I was trying to, like, I was keeping my, so I was socially distancing, you know, I was distancing
0: myself. Whether it was COVID Um, or not, you'd be doing that.
1: Right, right. (laughs) And it really wasn't, I was like, oh, it's okay because of COVID. Like, she'll be okay that I'm distancing myself. But really what I'm trying to do is, like, move on. And so, and I kept saying, like, oh, you know, girl, I just... I just needed to run in and right, run in and out and, you know, I, I got to be home. I got this and that. And, and she'd be like, yeah, so anyway. And I'm like, really? Like, are you not listening to me? But she had so much on her heart and she had so many things going on that she, she was relentless. And I appreciated that. Like she had needs and she needed to be heard. She needed for someone to show her love. And in the midst of that, like it it ended up being an hour and a half that I was away from my house, it was supposed to be 10 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) but it was an hour and a half. But in the midst of that, once I realized, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I just settled in and I heard the spirit say, your priorities are wrong. Your work is not that important. What is important is this person who is right in front of you. You're not going anywhere. So give her your full attention. Mom. Wow. And so I leaned in. My, because I, my anxiety was rising a little bit because in my head, I was half listening, but I was really focused on all of the things that I needed to do when I got back home. Right and am i gonna have enough time is it going to be you know what i was writing is is it gonna be good do i you know i was i was i was not present with her and so the reality is the reality was i'm not going anywhere i'm once i realized she had she grabbed a hold of me and she wasn't letting go um i was like okay i'm i'm here so let me give her my full attention and so we ended up shopping together. We waited in line together. I took her home because she was walking. Um, I took her home. We sat in her parking lot and we talked, we prayed, and we cried. Mm. And um and I don't know and, and I don't know the last time that she had somebody to just be full on present with her, but I know that she needed that. And and I do know that when I got back home, first of all, before I, before I get back home, I realized, man, God, you've been so good to me. And what, what happens when I'm in this situation? Oftentimes we forget where we've come from and the, and the needs that we have,
0: Mm.
1: you know, what happens when I need somebody to be present with me, but they're in a rush. They don't have time for me. What happens when, you know, I just want to share and I just want somebody to pray with me. And, you know, why are we so, um, our priorities are wrong, you know? And so I like to also consider myself because the reality is I've had so many needs in my life and I have not gotten where I am now. And I know I give so much credit to God and, and I, you know, and I adore him and and I, I reverence him and I, you know, I praise him for where I am, but the reality is he used people. He used human people with their own limits, with their own needs, with their own priorities. Um, you know, he used human people, um, and, and me as an inconvenience to them. I know I inconvenienced many people. I know that people, um, they didn't always want to help, but they did. I know that I was um, not always their priority, but they, they rearranged priorities to make me their priority. Mm-hmm. And so I have to remember um, the people in my life who have um, blessed me. My old pastor used to say, if you ever see a turtle on a shelf, you know he didn't get there by himself.
0: Hmm. Somebody
1: put him there. And there have been people who have put me in places that, um, you know, maybe they saw something in me that, that I didn't see in myself, um, encouraged me along the way. So many things. And so when I'm inconvenienced by somebody who, um, I don't really have time for or whatever, I know they're going to drain me, all of those things. I remember myself. Sometimes it takes a minute, maybe it takes an hour, (laughs) (laughs) but I have to remember myself and I have to remember, um, that I I would want somebody to be present with me, Mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that she blessed me, she, you know, sitting with her, talking with her that blessed me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story Tanika. It's so good. Hey there. You may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose. To transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams and I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote-unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams so if you're listening right now and thinking yes Janelle that is 100% me Then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you are ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. I think probably every single person listening can relate to that story of a time we've been in a rush and someone slowed us down or inconvenienced us. And, you know, in the moment, it's like so frustrating. Your mind's racing about everything else you have to do and taking that moment to just be present with the person and love the person. And it's just so beautiful. And and something that that actually leads me into is how in the sermon the other day, you talked about how justice actually means inconveniencing ourselves for the marginalized and sometimes yeah. the marginalized is a homeless person sometimes the marginalized is your mother sometimes the marginalized mm-hmm. is a woman at the grocery store who stops you your neighbor you know sometimes it's your husband sometimes it's your child you know there these political inconveniences can happen all around us at any moment of the day and they could be the marginalized person and that is is justice and so something I'm really curious about Tanika especially you being the beautiful black woman that you are how do you think that this plays into diversity and inclusion
1: um you know there's so much beauty in diversity it's interesting that America could be a, a land of immigrants and built on um, the diversity of so many people coming from all over the world but we seem to forget that now that we you know we are established in a certain way we have our income we have our systems and so now we're like okay that was good before but no more no Mm -hmm. more immigrants no more people Um, we're good now and so um i i think Justice, um, you know, when we talk about equity, equity is more is a is it's a step further than equality, right? So equality would be, um, you know, you and I, we we go to the doctor for whatever, and and like let's say I have a scrape, and so they clean it up, they give me a bandaid, you know, but maybe you have a um, I don't know. I don't want to give you something. You don't have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have the scrape. Okay. Okay. You have the scrape. I'll take a
0: scrape. I can do yeah. that.
1: You have the scrape. They clean it up. They give you a band aid. but I go in there and my heart is broken and they clean it up and they give me a band aid. Well, it's equal, right? It's equal treatment, but it's not equitable. It wasn't what I needed. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, Justice says we look a little further, we look a little deeper into what people actually need and we give them what is right, Mm. what is just. And so, um, you know, there's so much beauty in diversity um, but if we don't include, we're missing out if we don't include those people, if we're not fair enough, equitable enough, to really, um, you know, see what people need and meet those needs as much as possible, or see where they're gifted and allow them to flow in that. See where they are contributing and allow them to be their full selves, mm-hmm. so that we can actually benefit from who they really are. I mean, what, um, what, what a dishonor it would be to invite somebody to your home, but they, they have to, they can't be themselves really you think they're your friends, but you don't really know them. So how, you know, even for me, I'll, I'll say for myself, um, and a lot of people of color, black people can probably relate to this, where, you know, you go to, you go to, to work and you have your white voice for work, you know?
0: Hmm. When you're
1: answering phones or when you're engaging with people, you have, you have your white persona that wow. is, that is palatable to people you know Um, you have people who you know you can't my hair is braided right now for many years i know black women who they could not wear their hair braided they could not wear their hair natural it had to be straightened Mm. it had to be like you couldn't be yourself Mm. and so how much were they missing out on because because I have to water myself down to be accepted by you. So you don't really get all of me. You don't really know me. Even my friends, they think they have that black friend, but I'm not really black with them. Mm. I'm, you know, I I can't really be myself with them. And so I, I remember, um, and that was something that God did for me too, to, to help me be confident in who I am and to be myself um, this is who I am at work, at church, at school, at home. This is who I am. And I remember somebody saying something at work that I don't know if they meant it as a compliment, but I took it as such. And they were like, they said, um, you know, I think I just left like our director's office or something, our vice president. And they were like, you know, Tanika doesn't care who she's with. Like, she treats the vice president the same as she treats the admin. And I'm like, I sure do. You know, yep. I do. And, and, and it's, they all get respect. It's not like I treat them all like trash. I treat them all well, you know, I make sure I know our cleaning lady's name. I mm-hmm. talk to her, Hey Anna, how, how are you doing? How's your family? I know your dad was sick. How's he doing? Were you able to visit him? You know, um our vice president hey chuck how are things going you know how are the kids it, for me i have learned that this is who i am and i think i even mentioned that in one of the questions like what are you an expert at the only thing i'm an expert at is being who i am and and i've been working on me for all of for my whole life and this is all i know and so i have decided to be my authentic self everywhere that i am to give you all of me and if you don't want me don't invite me because this is this is who i'm bringing
0: come on yes that's confidence right there that is like fully being your authentic self and just yeah. saying take it or leave it and and i know for some people that's e- easier to do and and i'm sure for you there's probably like, like you even, even said how you had to have like this, like white persona, you know, it's so
1: been a process. Yeah. It is so been I a think,
0: process. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I know a lot of, you know, not, not that, not to bring fully race all about it, but it's like, I know a lot of white girls who have all of the, the white privilege that mm-hmm. struggle to be their authentic self that struggle mm-hmm. to be fully them. And I can only imagine with, with everything that um, many times women like you have faced. Given the fact that you are black, it's like you having to pretend you're white on top of, on top of being like the insecurities of, can I even be my full self? You know, like mix that all together. And I just, what a growth and what a beautiful thing that you've gotten to this place where you are and how inspirational. I can just, I know no matter what someone's color is listening right now, they are like, dang, I wanna be like Tanika. Like, I wanna, I wanna bring (laughs) my full self to everywhere I go and not apologize for that.
1: Yeah don't apologize for it. I think uh, some of it is, is us trying to figure out who we are. Right. Right. And so, um, and and not really, not really being confident in, in who I am by myself, but I think once you work on that and, and then you just realize, you know, um, there is a, there is space for me. Hmm. There is a place for me as I am. And I don't, I don't want fake me to navigate into places where, where the real me is like, how in the heck did I get here? What am I doing here? Right. So when I show up as myself, then, then I doors start to open for me as I am. And Mm. those doors that don't want me as I am, that's not where I want to be anyway. Mm. Those friendships, those relationships that are not comfortable with me as I am, that's not what I want anyway.
0: Come on, so good, so good. I love it. All right, well, we just have a few final questions here as we wrap up. Um, you know, something I am really passionate about is helping companies think about how what diversity and inclusion can look like in the workplace. Mm-hmm. How do you think all of this? I mean, I know we've gone a lot of different places in today's conversation, but what are some things that you think that companies could be implementing or doing in order to bring true diversity and inclusion into the workplace?
1: Well, I think first um, hiring practices, just to be very practical, um, you have to bring those people to the table. Um, and I, I, I don't mean to say that, you know, you're just going to meet some quotas. That's not at all what I'm saying. Right. But what I am saying is you have to understand that you do have biases. We all have them. It's a part of our human our humanity, it's a part of the way our brain works, where we are biased against certain things. And so to check those biases, um, maybe remove uh, names when you're looking at resumes, um, you know, uh, just check yourself and say, okay, if this person was, uh, if they were all white males, if that's what you need, you know, as your as your measurement, and we're just looking at experiences, Where would we go from here? And so, you know, you definitely need to take a look at your hiring practices. And then once you have people in the door, um, the diversity of thought is so important. Uh, Oftentimes, sometimes we don't care what people look like, as long as there are yes men, as long as we all think the same way, as long as we all have the same culture where, you know, um, nobody's disagreeing. But you need that disagreement, you need that conflict, you need that challenge to be able to do greater things. Um, and not just people who are gonna say, yes, everything is great um, as is, but you you need somebody to, um, to challenge you, to push you to do different things. And so that diversity of thought is really important. And so not just having those people at your company, but inviting them at the table, giving them, um, giving them some type of empowering them to, um, help with decision-making and things like that.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Very well said. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's so true. Like you could just be checking the box of, Oh, well we have, you know, we have our Hispanic, um, mm-hmm. employees, we have our black employees, we have white employees, we have Asian employees. Look at us. We're looking so diverse, you know? And, and then, But luckily, they all think the exact same way. You know, they're all from a similar area or something like that, right, where everyone's thinking the same. I would say probably if you do hire with diversity in, you know, I would think at least there would be a little bit of differing thoughts within that, but Mm -hmm. it would not be, right? You could hire diversity when looking at the, I guess, skin color, but not be hiring in diversity with thinking different thoughts and having that challenging, you know, the challenging yeah. conversation. So it, you got to look for both, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. I mean, of course, we know there's all kinds of diversity. There's multiracial ethnic culture. You know, you and I may look the same, but maybe we were bo- both born and raised in Orange County and we, you know, we vote the same, we think the same, we dress the same.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and so there really isn't a whole lot of difference there. Um, but You know, people have to understand companies are starting to understand the value in diversity, not just because, you know, not just for aesthetics. Because our board looks a certain way, but they're understanding the growth that happens when you have diversity of thought, when you have different experiences and, um, you know, cultures coming together. Uh, and, And it's what has made America great, you know. Um, this diversity that we have, and it's really interesting to me that, that now we don't want it.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like this is what we are built on.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And so companies are learning though, that, that diversity brings so much to the table. Um, and so it's like having all the ingredients of a cookie flour and sugar and butter and milk and eggs and everything else that you put in there, but they're just laying on the table, you know, by themselves, they're not a whole lot, but when you put them together, you have a whole new product Mm. that is delicious. And that is something that is different than any one of those ingredients alone. Mm. And that's what inclusion is.
0: Wow. Very well said, Tanika. Very well said. Okay, cool. So my last question for you is if you could urge every listener to walk away from this podcast and take action on one specific item or one specific thing, what would you urge everyone to go do?
1: Hmm. Um, I would urge everyone to take a risk, step outside of yourself and introduce yourself, yourself to someone who is maybe the furthest from you culturally. Spark up a friendship, be intentional. And um and go meet somebody new. Tell them your name, learn something about them. Spark up a friendship, and it may start off as something shallow. This is an assignment that I got from this next level podcast. <laughs> you know, but hopefully it will blossom into new experiences and um and something that is very real and authentic and um and I'm sure you'll learn something. You have something to give, and so do they, whoever they are.
0: Yeah, it's good. So good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanika. Thank you so much for being on the Next Level Confident Podcast. So much gold today. So much wisdom. I am really excited to re-listen to this already because I just loved everything you said. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so happy that uh, I'm here with you. So like that happy that you. to have this conversation.
0: Me too. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon and I'll see you tonight at community group.
1: (laughs) Yes. See you shortly.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye.